Hello and welcome, folks, to episode 148 of the Ministry of Dice podcast. We're a UK-based podcast talking about all things Dice Masters. I'm Chris, otherwise known online as True Mr. Six, and that fella over there is Andy, a.k.a. The Funky Cold Medina. The Funky Cold Medina. That, I don't know. That Do I know? don't know that reference. It's a song. That's gone right over my head. It's a song from the 80s, 90s. You can make me Google it. I assume that you know what it is, being a man of great taste. and <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Well, sometimes the odd song does slip me by. I can't stay on top of everything, can I? You know what I mean? That's, that's, a, that's a classic. That's your homework. Right, I'll go and check that, yeah. Funky Cold Medina. I'm literally writing it in my notebook right now. Right, there you go. Yeah, Noted what, down. Yeah, what year? What year? Noted down. I've written it next to True Lies TV show. <laughs> Have you started watching that? No, I haven't. No. Have you? Yeah. All right. There's something about your tone of voice that makes me think I shouldn't start watching it. <laughs> uh, it's all right. No, 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 no. No, there's nothing too horrific. It's um, It's got a funny take. I only watched the first episode. I've got a okay. few more to watch. Uh, 1989 is uh, Funky Cold Medina by right. Tone Loke. Right, thank you. I'll get into it for sure. You make sure you do before you go yeah. to bed tonight. I'm, you, I 100% will, I promise you. YouTube, I'll check the video out. YouTube it, get the whole experience. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't think I've seen the, the video. Yeah, I'll go check out the video too because, uh, you know, played it on Lexus one thing, but I've got a feeling that a music video from a pop group in 1989 with a song called the funky what's it funky soup medina <laughs> funky cold medina funky cold medina mate it's gonna I've change got, your life i've got a feeling that's going to be a visual experience as well as an auditory one you know what i'm saying yeah i have to say back in 1989 uh wasn't like, music videos weren't as easily accessible so i don't think i've ever watched it right right yeah that's kind of like us though isn't it you know when you meet us face to face it it, what what is an auditory experience becomes a very exciting visual experience as well (laughs) experience disappointment yeah whatever yeah whatever yeah anyway (laughs) here we are again another two weeks have passed folks i know it's been sad it's been lonely without us but here we are we have returned to fill your lives with more dice masters conversational joy and other things as well. <laughs> Got lots lined up for you this week. Plenty to talk about once again, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. I'm not sure. I know. I'm positive. I'm confident that you'll enjoy. Confident. That's a different word, but it's spelled the same. Well, there's an E on the end of confident, isn't there? Confidante. I there's... Yeah, I think there's an E on the end of it. Manche two, manche two. Champs-Élysées, Andy. Champs-Élysées. <laughs> <laughs> you t- like if if you're the the Dell to my Rodney, I, I, am I though? Am I the Dell to your Rodney, or are you the Rodney to my Dell? Mm. I don't know. Or am I the granddad <laughs> to your <laughs> trigger? That's, that's <laughs> <it. laughs> you definitely are my trigger. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm every other character in your trigger. <laughs> I got called Dave at work today. Someone phoned Did up you? and asked for Dave. And like, we haven't got a Dave. We've got a James, a Jonathan, and Andy. Yeah, Andy. Andy. <laughs> How did you get that mixed up, love? Dave. <laughs> you just, yeah, I can see you being a Dave, though. Dave kind of works yeah. for you. It's not like we were joking about Brian and Tony and what happened last that's... week. You've oh, definitely I'm... got a Dave vibe about you. <laughs> I took the call. Went, all right, Trig? 
interesting, isn't it? <laughs> oh dear, we're distractible tonight. Hello. We are very distractible. So uh, yeah, we've got two feature segments and a short community-focused news piece for you uh, to cover this week, folks. So sit tight for that. But as always, before we get to the good stuff, we're going to make you sit through the two-week rundown. So tell me, my man, what have you been up to since? <laughs> yeah, tell me, what have you been up to since we last recorded? <laughs> oh, well, we had a game, we had a nice game of Dice Masters, didn't we? We had a kind of preempt a tester for the UK Games Expo, Lockdown Modern. Uh, Lockdown Modern, if you're not sure, is a culmination of New Modern uh, and Old Modern. Uh, so you can pick cards from the campaign boxes forward so from yeah avengers affinity forward that's uh, right so uh, plenty of things to choose from uh with a a slight ban list uh very enjoyable tight game if i remember correctly well, we played uh, two matches didn't we yeah oh we did oh I was, yeah of course we were one all i was uh, remembering mm. the losses because that's how <laughs> you know glass half empty um uh we did uh, and it was it was it was enjoyable. I actually bothered to, to put together a team as opposed to just picking stuff out of the uh, the box. And yeah, we think we ended up one apiece in the end. We did. Um, I'm sure you'll go through your team in a bit. Mine was uh, the four cost overcrush Becky. Now, if 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 you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may may remember that I I did find that card uh, and bring it to the four. Um, no one had read it before I looked at it. Uh, sure. So it was good to get that sure. back out again. Uh, so it was that. Uh, there was another Overcrusher that I had, which was the Colossus, the five-cost Colossus from uh, Dark Phoenix. So those were my big punch bags, although why buy a five-cost Colossus when you can buy a four-cost <laughs> Becky? Four-cost Becky. <laughs> you know? uh, Absolutely. Then the idea was to use it very much like the uh, tried and tested Becky Lynch, the man, uh, with the Booker T Global and the uh, oh, what's the other chap called? Jerry Lawler. Uh, Jerry Lawler. That's it. So uh, force blocker attack with the overcrushing eight, hopefully on a top face attack, Becky, and then double it to be sixteen uh, attack, and then get through as much overcrushing damage that I can. Uh, lessons learned from that: just by two. Um, <laughs> if you're struggling <laughs> with uh, some distraction or other shenanigans, it's just easier to buy two. Buy them quick, throw them out there. I had some control pieces on, had the Spider-Man, bought that too late, I think, to do much, uh, certainly in the uh, the, the first game. Um, what other bits did I have? Hold on, I've got the team here. Uh, we had uh, Atlas for the prep global, Becky Lynch, the forecast, which is called Straight Fire. Clayface, I don't think I used that as much as I could have done because uh, just forgot. <laughs> it's not in the uh, memory banks anymore. <laughs> uh, the Black Widow with the pump, uh, mostly just for fists, so I could build up my fists for the uh, the globals. Uh, Atlantis, the two costs where you, could, you can tuck all your dice away in the prep for the next turn, uh, and that's a cheap shield for the shield globals. That's the Colossus. Wonder Woman Legendary, but I didn't buy her because uh, Chris wasn't really running anything with a when uh, attacks or when fielded ability. It was more when KOs, I think, from memory uh, and when active. Mm. So um, 
that was the team. A lot more control than I'm used to. Um, but it's fine because I decided not to buy that and just buy the Beckys instead. Absolutely. Yes, you did. And that's uh, tried and tested and true. When, when in doubt, just buy your Beckys. <laughs> yeah, we played a game a week before where I just picked some cards from random. Uh, there was a good card, but I didn't get to it. Oh, I'm trying to remember now what was on your team. It was the it was a high cost card. Oh, I should really do more prep. <laughs> oh, uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. That's right. Yeah, we've got the Black Panther. I'm pretty sure if it was out there, that's the one that you field a character. I knock out a character or do damage to you or something. Or we re- you have to roll down another one. Uh, re-roll, re-roll. It is re-roll it. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think it would be good. Uh, but the the other um, pieces of the team. Um, didn't really help to stretch to the six that he is. I think he's six, might even be seven. Um, yes, no six. So, yeah. so I couldn't get him in time. So there's a lot of faffing around uh, for no rewards. Uh, but that culminates my dice masters. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about your non dice masters then? Uh, finished off my uh, well, Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire Miniatures game by Cool Mini or Not. I've been painting away. I finished my mm, The Mountains Men or the, the Clegane's um, unit uh, of men with yellow bits and big swords. Um, really chuffed <laughs> with how they came out. Really good. Got them all based, all done. Uh, gave them armor that isn't as shiny as their counterparts from from Castle Rock, the Lannisters. Um, I could see my painting improving, which is nice. They're a bit better overall than the unit before, which in turn was a bit better than the unit before that. So that's quite nice. Uh, and yellow is a bugger to paint uh, and get right. Uh, so chuffed that they came out really nicely. And I'm just finishing off... Uh, a second model of Tyrion Lannister um, so he can go into a unit because you have two types of uh, models. You've got ones that uh, do stuff kind of to the side of the board that's kind of representing um, kind of politics um, and kind of influencing how things are going on the battlefield, but they're not actually fighting. Uh, And then the other models which are actually fighting so i got to one for him to go to court and another one for him to uh, plonk in a, a unit of meanies to go charging around plus he's my favorite character from game of the Thrones, so needed to um, <laughs> sure absolutely <laughs> why not 100 <laughs> percent. and then other, other than that i've been doing a bit of a hunt on the playstation as a, a an event running i think they do monthly events where you can uh, win uh uh, kind of mods for your uh, your weapons, uh, different skins. That's the the word. Uh, so, been playing that uh, a little bit as well. That kind of sums up, I think. All right, very good. That's about you. All right, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'll uh, get into those uh, Dice Masters games to begin with. Then, so I can't remember what I played the week before last when we were doing Secret Warsy stuff. I'm having a total brain blank. Was it when I played the Phoenix Four Cyclops? No, that was the week before, wasn't it? Uh, it could have been. <laughs> it, I, don't, I feel like we've already YouTube, talked about YouTube the Phoenix. Would, would tell us. Yeah, I'm trying not to open things in case it freaks out the connection. <laughs> okay. Although I don't have to worry about that so much now that the uh, 
Oh, that's engineer's been around. That you, you did? Yes. I had uh, an engineer come around from my internet service provider to help me sort out my problems. And it seemed to go a bit better, didn't it, last week for us? Yeah. It, oh, it, yeah, it was the Phoenix Force Cyclops. Yeah. I think you managed to like buy a couple as well. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, that was just through some just old school Dark Phoenix ramping, wasn't it? But uh, So the Phoenix Force Cyclops is the one that, uh, when it takes damage during combat, uh, deals an equivalent amount to your opponent. So... Uh, was I running a what was I running a force attack? I think getting you to taunt global to get you come and have a crack at him and then block with him. Uh, but then I was also attacking quite heavily with him too because he's not insubstantial with his stats. That's right, folks. I use the attack step. Yeah, five five seven seven eight ten he is on the stat line. Yeah, so I was throwing him across the field. Sort of putting Andy in these tough choices about well, if I block, I'm taking damage, but if I don't block, I'm taking damage, <laughs> which was quite nice. Yeah, that worked out quite well. I think the team I was playing needed a bit of tightening up. I was definitely living in fear of that Black Panther um, and got off lightly, really, because if you'd have managed to get up to that Black Panther, then there was a clear target for that reroll <laughs> all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So I was quite quite grateful he didn't manage to kind of ramp yourself up to where you needed to be. But you, that's the thing with playing on the back foot. I've mentioned this before, and it when you know when you're on the receipt of the beatdown, you're allocating your energy differently, aren't you? Than if you're the one dishing out the beatdown. That's right. Yeah. So I was definitely dishing out the beatdown, which was a nice place to be, and very uncommon for me using the attack steps. So. <laughs> Well, no, not so uncommon anymore, actually. I think I've uh, definitely developed my attack step talents, working on it a lot in recent months. Uh, yeah. So there was that. And then, and then as far as the UK Games Expo practice goes, uh, good old-fashioned Colossus Piotr for me. Good old-fashioned Colossus Piotr. So I wanted to give some uh, of the new kind of control that's knocking around a bit of a go. So I popped the Jimmy Woo in, where uh, when you use an action die, you can... Spin a, an opposing character down one level. The thing, the targeting thing that stops your opponent targeting other cards. The Jane Foster that reduces damage. So it was all just. It was very much a control team. And uh, as I've said in the past about that Colossus, he's a great fit for the control team because it allows you to camp your control out and then drop drop Colossus in and do the damage. Although to my embarrassment, I completely overlooked Hope Pluripotent Echopraxia and just went straight in on the Colossus which was a bit stunning. Yeah, she's not banned. No, so no, no. I think her along on the 3rd of June. <laughs> just got in the habit of her being banned, I think, and therefore uh, overlooked her. Uh, I mean, Distraction's back, of course, as well, which is a big supporting yeah. piece for that. So with the thing and distraction, that's your, your two main threats for that team. Sort of a little bit mitigated against thing making life more difficult for things like um rare spider-man uh rare black widow you know the spin downy stuff you pick the trolls all that kind of thing they've got to take care of thing first the, the only problem was that my, my jimmy woo combo with the throne brick was a little counterintuitive against the jane foster because while the jane foster had her control game text which is the damage reduction the super rare jane foster she's also got a global that lets you spin characters up when you field them which is obviously great when you're playing colossus and you want your your own characters over level two but not so great when you're planning on using things like jimmy woo to remove your opponent's characters so 
I've got a tough decision to make really as to whether I find a different piece of damage mitigation, direct damage mitigation, that's not quite as effective as Jane Foster, or I look at a different removal mechanic. But the nice thing about that Jimmy Wooth and Rick combo is that it's ramp and removal. Yeah, I think you were very unlucky with your rolls. I think if they'd have, or at least some of them had come off, you'd have uh, seen that sing and you'd be using it every week. Yeah, my uh, my throwing bricks did not want to play nice last week. Um, even though there was plenty of opportunity to roll them in and use them, they did not roll. They liked the energy face a little bit too much. But uh, it's definitely one to watch, I think, that Jimmy Woo. Definitely one to watch. And in the modern context, you've got stuff like um, Shocking Grasp, of course, haven't you, in it? It's not quite as good as Throne Brick, but conceptually similar in some ways. Yeah. You don't get the extra dice prep. I think that's the main thing with Shocking Grasp. No. Do you get to put it in your prep area, Shocking Grasp? Yes, you do. Yeah, that's the... Right, but that's it's, the... Uh, it's it's like the converse of Throne Brick because Shocking Grasp is if the character you target dies, whereas Throne Brick is if the character doesn't die. Right. Yeah. So you prep Shocking Grasp if you ping the one and it kills him whereas with throne brick you prep the die if it pings one and it doesn't kill them but throne brick gives you the extra dice prep as well doesn't it yeah i mean you could use it with with other kind of (laughs) ramp action dice to uh to kind of do a similar thing it's just that you're not going to get the two costs so quickly bought and then have it hopefully repeatedly come in back every time yeah, I was thinking about it though. So my concerns in the UK Games Expo, like lockdown, modern meta, are things like uh, Green Lantern Human, uh, Jubilee, Super Rare Jubilee. Uh, what else was I thinking of? Like Iceman stuff, Iceman Turk Barrett combos. I was thinking of the, like that kind of pingity ping stuff. So the Mystique from Dark Phoenix Saga might do a job. She only reduces the damage by one, but it might just be enough to. Certainly things like your Jubilees and your Batmans. Yeah. Yeah, reducing it by one's a big thing. You don't get a lot of big ping damage, do you? No, no, absolutely not. But that then takes away my spin-up global. Mm. Yeah. And Jane Foster kind of brings two things to the party, just the same way as Jimmy Wooster and Britt does. So I'll have to think. But I feel like replacing Jane Foster with a Mystique is an easier step to take. Uh, and the Mystique's cheaper, easier to reach for, all that stuff, than perhaps replacing the Throne Brick Jimmy Woo combo. Yeah. The hands, that's what I said, wasn't it? The hands. Uh, Power Almighty. No, the hands. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure, yeah. Yeah, the Power Almighty one. That that does the job. I think from playing a Colossus team a few times without a spin-up global or something to spin-up dice, uh, it needs it. Else, you just roll level one characters consistently. Yes, yeah, yeah, and that's the other side of the problem, isn't it? Then, because if I take away thrown brick, I'm looking at a more expensive solution. I don't know. It needs some tightening up and tinkering. There's, there's obviously going to be some compromise that I'm going to have to put into the team there, but it works pretty well. Distraction. I'm thinking of swapping out for wallop. I don't know if I want to cancel combat damage i was i was also toying around with like uh, you know the new pirate broadcast with the reprint of the blackbird global on it yeah maybe i'm just maybe switching off one of the ringside announcers like maybe the one that doubles the block damage or something yeah or 
you know pick, isn't it? If they <clears throat> if they've got a big hitter, then you just don't block. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it needs it needs some thinking through. It's still, I've still got a bit of a risk with their Gladiator and Hawkman. There, they they've got the reprints of the Doom Caliber Knights Globals, haven't they? Which I've not really thought through. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? But I'm not really playing the UK Games Expo to win anyway. So as long as we've got a half decent team and it's one I'm familiar with and comfortable playing, then I can usually do all right. You'll be good. You'll be good. Yeah. Uh, so that's it on the Dice Masters side. Oh no, uh, I put a couple more videos out on the channel, folks. So okay, what were what did I put out by last time we spoke? I've done another combo video recently. I don't know if I mentioned oh, that one. I think you did the review, the set review. Was that last time? Yes. Yeah. So the set review went out last time. So we've had a couple of games. So all the gameplay we've just talked about, the, the gameplay videos are up. I split the UK Games Expo practice into two vids, just, just the two separate games. So the, the uh, win and a loss of piece, the two separate vids there. And then the combos. But the combos is the two card combos follow up. So you, you lovely listeners out there will hopefully listen to the episode where me and Andy talked about two card combos. And at the back end of that segment, we said, you know, send some more over if you've got any more. And a couple of people did. So um, I've put that on a video so I can show the card images, basically. Nice. Uh, but there's some interesting stuff in there. So check those out. Uh, so I've had that going on. And then just uh, UK Games Expo preparations, 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 which I'll talk about a bit more in a minute when we get to the community focus. Then, which takes me to the non-Dice Masters side. And yeah, not a great deal non-Dice Masters. Played a little Marvel Snap on and off over the last couple of weeks. But the uh, the novelty's definitely wearing off with that now. I just find I've reached a point where I'm just kind of playing it for the sake of playing it because it's a thing to do rather than playing it to play it. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I managed to unlock uh, Thanos. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, sure. Which was quite exciting. Uh, so I played around with that for a while with the different gemstones. I, I, I didn't really build a team that was amazingly, amazingly competitive. I didn't net deck or look and see what the best things are. Uh, I put in a couple of uh, things like Jubilee and Lockjaw to try and yeah. get the stones out quicker uh, yeah. and then try and get to the Thanos. But um, I don't think it's particularly strong. I haven't come up against many where I've gone, oh, destroyed. <laughs> you know? um, nor have I done that to anyone. I've won some, I've lost some. Uh, and um, it's quite fun to play, uh, but not like Galactus kind of met, like just super smashy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm not kind of massively into uh what I'm doing with it anymore. I'm just kind of playing along. I'm not looking to unlock anything. Uh I'll just open it up on my lunch break or if I've got a few minutes and play a couple of games. I I keep going back to my movement deck, um, which isn't massively competitive, but it does all right. Like it, it wins some, it loses some. Uh but I quite like th- all the different moving parts. Uh, and um, you know when they think you do one thing, then Doctor Strange appears, whoop, and he's taking a card go the other <laughs> way. And, you know, there's um, uh, some cool bits to it, but it's not kind of. I'm not going. Well, saying that, I'm near fifty, which I don't think is oh, too bad. Very good, yeah, yeah. It's uh, but they made some weird decisions lately. I think like these over the air updates. Um, I'm not 
particularly pleased that they've changed the parameters of the leveling up mid-season. I think that's a bit of an odd choice. You see, I, I saw some walls of text that people had put up about patch notes, and it was just walls of text. And I was like, I'm never going to read that. So I don't really know what they've done. Well, you must have noticed that it only takes seven cubes now to go up a level rather than ten. No. Oh, it only takes seven, which I think is fine. You know, if that's a readjustment you want to make to your game, but I don't think you should do it mid-season when there's people people have played for like sixteen days, going up the levels <laughs> by tens, to then change it on the mid-season to go up by sevens. That feels a little bit unfair because now you're dropping rank. Like it goes, it cuts both ways, doesn't it? You drop rank as quickly because you're dropping rank. Yeah. It takes a lower threshold to drop as well as increase. So I think fine if you want to change your threshold, but you shouldn't have done it mid-season like that. You know what I mean? Doesn't feel right. So people like me who are in the 60s, who've ground the way up to the 60s from the 30s by gorging themselves on it for the first week of the season and burning themselves out on it. I'll be the first to admit that it's gone. But I've burnt out on it. But then to so it, it's less of an effort for others to catch up with me, and it's easier. Or no, not easier. That's not the right word. The to, to, the diminishing of my score can happen in a blink more of a blink of an eye. I'm not sure yeah, that's so right. That's two two snaps and a immediate level lost, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But what it does mean is like your two wins, your two cube wins are contributing faster to an increase. Which again, it's fine. I've got actually no objection to it in principle. I just don't... It's the timing. It's like, why would you do that mid-season? It seems so dismissive of how people have engaged with the game up to this point. You know oh, what I mean? I haven't even noticed. No, well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, fits and starts. But there's been a new Hearthstone season start, so that's the other thing. I've I've not been so much on the Marvel snap. Although, Collector Rob messaged me the other day, said, oh, I played, played True Mr. Six. Uh, tonight this is a one in the morning <laughs> i said right. oh, oh jesus well i was you know half half sleepy watching the telly after and that's kind of what's happening now i'm not playing it like properly playing it i'm just just moving cards on the screen while i've got the tv on in the background in the middle of the night kind of thing do you know what i mean yeah not particularly but, engaged with it but i think it's got a place it's certainly got a place on the toilet or at lunch times <laughs> yeah that's it exactly yeah yeah that's it. Uh, and that's it for me. That's uh, nothing else to update on. No no other board gaming or video gaming to report. Well, what should we do now? Well, let's uh, let's get into the main segments then, shall we? So quick community focus, just uh, the community focus news, updating on around some events that are coming up. Then into our first feature segment, which is going to focus on event-related news, but kind of the non event related news the no news that we've had about an event and a little bit of conversation about our thoughts and feelings on that subject we'll get to that and then we're going to wrap up with continuing our series of uh you know new look new feel new set stuff by looking at ramp solutions in the new secret Wars set talking about how how the ramp offering in there is. And with all that said and done, especially after that intro, which I'm finding myself saying every week, so I should stop saying it, that should bring us to a pretty full episode. Yeah, it should. Yeah, okay, right, let's get into it then. Let's do the community focus. This is London calling. Here is the news. 
Yes, folks, okay, here is the news. And we've got two upcoming events that we want to just take a moment to... Well, one's a reminder and one's a new event to notify you of. So, UK folks, don't forget, we've got the UK Games Expo tournament taking place, well, at the UK Games Expo. (laughs) I phrased that one badly. Surprise! Yeah, (laughs) guess what? The UK Games Expo event is happening at the UK Games Expo. We're playing on the Saturday, which is the 3rd of June, kicking off in the afternoon, so it's a 1 o'clock start. We're just encouraging people to get those tickets for the event pre-bought. If you're planning on coming, planning on playing, get your tickets uh, pre-bought because I'm still getting emails about table allocations and stuff and who gets how much space. It looks like we are going to end up sharing our space, which is not ideal, not something that I'm a fan of. I like to be able to spread out, uh, but we may have no choice uh, at the minute. I think we've got eight tickets sold. Uh, at present so at least we've got enough for you know a good three rounder yeah and possibly some drafting afterwards and possibly some drafting afterwards yeah so i know there's a few folks been asking me like any news on pricing any news on pricing and um just to reiterate i've said this before about tournaments um i've I've got some custom stuff that's being organized on the way i've got some pricing that's being provided by WizKids themselves this this is all being shipped from overseas i've got packages i don't know on a plane coming from america i've got packages coming on a ferry from the mainland uh europe and stuff and i don't advertise pricing until i've actually got the stuff in hand so uh, that's why i've not published anything as of yet i will the minute stuff starts coming in keep an eye out on the ministry of dice socials i make sure it gets publicized and out there but don't forget i've got a good stash of very sexy looking foils and promos from through the years so everyone will be well rewarded for both their performance and just in general for their attendance and i don't mind telling you whiz kids have been very generous aren't they always well indeed very generous but that suggestion of some drafting uh, is a very real prospect at a very low cost whoop whoop yeah so uh, if you're in the uk planning on coming along get your ticket bought looking forward to seeing you there uh, just as a little side note on that so the weekend of the uk games expo is the weekend preceding the monday where our next episode is due to come out so word of warning to everyone that it is highly likely that you'll be not getting the podcast episodes or probably the tuesday or wednesday will be late that week that week because i do my editing normally over the weekend yeah and also <laughs> i'm on holiday that week so so what you can't help out <laughs> <laughs> what i won't even be here no and, uh, and that will be a loss because andy's contribution to the editing process is is significant. legendary <laughs> it's like spielberg in this house it's amazing it is it's incredible it's quite a sight to behold to to watch take place it's it's, it's something it's definitely something um, but what I might try and do is get some audio at the UK Games Expo as well so if I'm able to do that then I can integrate it into the episode and all so um, well you can try and do like the whole hour just like in one hit and then just release it <laughs> I can't see that going very well hi this is Chris I'm here with this, the uh, lady on? from the shop is, is this on <laughs> <laughs> levels levels test test <laughs> That's okay. Folks, you don't mind, do you, if I take an extra day or two to do the editing, get it out to you on a Tuesday or a Wednesday nah, following a convention? 
They'll be fine. They'll let you off, I'm sure. Absolutely, they will. So that's the UK Games Expo. And then uh, an online tournament. There's a, an online tournament in the works. This is from our friends over at DM North. They're running another two-team takedown that they've called the Pre-Summer Slam. Um, so this is, for folks who are unfamiliar with the two-team takedown, it's a, a fairly simple idea you build two teams for the event you're playing online through the online webcam method and you get a new opponent each week over a number of weeks obviously depending on how many players sign up and therefore how many rounds you you arrange with your opponent when you get together and then you play both teams and you win your round by winning with both your teams so they're long you know it's intensive you know you've got to book out a good hour and a half or whatever it is to sit down and get the the matches played through to give both your teams a go but the other unique feature of that is that you can't have a replicated card on both teams so you have to use different cards on both teams which is a little bit more of a kind of creative team building challenge Uh, and for this two team takedown they've not set any parameters at all it's just a straight up modern tournament Ooh, modern okay yeah well there's that's quite restrictive isn't it it's only three sets four (laughs) Four sets. Well, sure, but um, the intention, as I understand it, is to say, well, um, before Dice Masters Worlds in the summer, which we'll come to in a minute, <laughs> then uh, let's let's it's, it's practice, you know, a practice event really, in the sense of yeah. getting a feel for the meta, getting a feel for how the new cards are integrating into the set, that kind of thing. So. It's a chance to get your Secret Wars stuff out, experiment a bit, play against some really good players. You know, the folks who regularly involve themselves in two-team takedown are you know, top-notch players. No slouches. Um, absolutely. Really know their game, so it's a good place to uh, flex your muscles, give some stuff for testing out, but also give it a test out in an environment where it'll get get tested <laughs> proper. You know what I mean? Um, so they're doing sign-ups right now, but I haven't got the page open. So head on over to DM North. You'll find the two-team takedown pre-SummerSlam 2023 little icon on the top right-hand side in the sidebar there. Click on that and you'll get all the info that you need to know. But if you're too lazy to do that, the link will be in the description down below. Nice. And that's it. Uh, Except for the kind of event, but not an event that we actually properly know about stuff yet, but we want to do a whole segment on that one. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So that will, unless there's anything else, to be said on UK Games Expo and two-team takedown subjects. Is there anything else to say on those two? Uh, no, just I hope you can make it. All right, yeah, brilliant. Um, let's get into the next segment then. Let's have a little bit of a chat about the aforementioned worlds. Yes, yeah, okay then, folks. So this is kind of a bit of a continuation of the community-focused news, but kind of not, because we are going to talk about an event, but... It's like reporting on a bit of news that's a bit of non-news. <laughs> info without any info. We're going to do a 20-minute segment on one, nay, two sentences. Oh, no, but now I can't say the thing about it being two sentences. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a very tight segment, folks, because uh, we had our record. done it. Yeah, we recorded it once, and then the recorder crashed, and we lost this section, so we're now re-recording it. Um, and just going to try and replicate the magic (laughs) (laughs) of the recording so yeah that's right let's give you the rundown folks let's give you the info which i suspect most of you will already know because it's been mentioned around on socials and other dice masters podcasts have made reference to it but 
Uh, early last week, as uh, time of recording, maybe around the 9th, 10th of May-ish, uh, although there's no do- date on this uh, particular blog post, there was a an entry on the whizkids.com website in their news and articles section towards the bottom of the page that said, save the dates, Heroclix World Championship, Team World Championship, D&D Onslaught World Championship 2023, September the 14th to the 17th, Memphis, Tennessee, which uh, regulars... Uh, who've been around the game for a while will know that uh, Memphis, Tennessee has been the location for the World Championship for Dice Masters as well, in addition to Hero Clicks. And, well, D&D Onslaught's like a new mysterious thing. It is, isn't it? If anyone's played uh, D&D Onslaught out there, get in touch and let us know mm. what it's like. It's interesting. We were looking at the pictures earlier. Not quite sure if it's Hero Clicksy or or what. Uh, so, like- yeah, uh, if you have read, played it, Hop on the Discord or the whatever way of getting hold of us, Facebook, you name it, we've got it, uh, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and maybe give us some insight as to why Whiskey's keep banging on about it. <laughs> Is it any? <laughs> yeah, what's the story there? But this, but this post was encouraging and exciting. Certainly, the first paragraph that highlighted the fact that Whiskey's are returning to the Graceland Exhibition Centre in Memphis uh, this September. Uh, for the Heroclix World Championship and the uh, the first holding the first ever World Championship event for Dungeons and Dragons Onslaught, to quote verbatim. But then, two random sentences in the middle of a blog post that's titled Heroclix World Championship and D&D Onslaught World Championship, it says Dice Masters players will have their World Championships at Gen Con this year. Details for that event will be shared alongside all the other Gen Con info. Of which, at this moment in time, there hasn't been any further info, like a week we could a bit later. <laughs> what? You never guess yeah. what? What? I have to cancel my flights. <laughs> yeah, the first year we could have made it, eh? And uh, I know I've I've gone I've gone significantly into debt buying highly expensive non-refundable flights. <laughs> what are we gonna do? We have to go out there and learn how to play hero clicks or <clears throat> or D and D onslaught if it's any good. <laughs> yeah well we joke i mean i know we're joking but that is definitely one of the uh elements of the sort of uh like the community reaction to it i definitely i've definitely seen some folks saying well i hope people haven't been booking you know non-refundable hotel rooms and non-refundable discount flights and stuff mm. expecting the event to take place at memphis only to find now that it's at gen con and of course gen con's not all that far away um that's on the first weekend of august the third over the sixth it is late enough in the game that it's certainly going to be a challenge to arrange things like discount flights, discount hotel rooms, or even sourcing flights and hotel rooms at this point. And I heard Jocelyn say on Double Double and Dice that the area, the surrounding area for Gen Con doesn't act, it isn't well catered to suit the volume of incoming people. So a lot of folks stay in um, Indiana, you know, Right, and travel to the convention. So that's that's definitely well. That's kind of led us neatly into the the what we wanted to talk about with this segment because I uh, reached out to Whiskids and said, "Hey, have you got a comment? You got anything that we can publicly share, or would you like to give us some understanding, better understanding as to what the motivation for the move is? Anything, any kind of, or even just an official company line? (laughs) You know, give us a sentence that we can quote, and nothing that they were willing to give me that could be revealed publicly on that front." Other than the fact that obviously I'm in conversation with WizKids right now about the UK Games Expo. So there's a certain amount of speculation 
and assumption that we can apply to it uh, based off our experiences of interacting with whiz kids around the UK Games Expo stuff. Um, but that's that's the point of the segment, really, is to speculate about the change and uh, to talk about some of the benefits and drawbacks of the decision that they appear to have made. Yeah, why? Why, indeed. Well, let me um, share some um, some of the kind of background and stuff around my my interactions with WizKids with regards to the UK Games Expo. So as uh, many regular listeners will know, we've we've held a Dice Masters event at the UK Games Expo for a number of years now. Through the pandemic as well, we held an event during the virtual UK Games Expo as well. And uh, WizKids, while not directly being involved in the organisation of the event, they've, they've endorsed it and sponsored us with prizing and a little bit of promotional help and um, some support to get it off the ground and their, their justification for that has always been and they've been very straight with me about it is that it gets the game's name out there you know it, it appears in the event list it's in the uh, the brochure thing uh, the little booklet that they give away to people when they arrive with all the you know weekend the information about the weekend and the schedules and whatnot it's uh, you and I in our previous version of this recording were had some lovely banter and jokes around the the little things like you're in amongst a wider community of events and tournaments taking place so it's that whole piece around yelling the game's name out you know the to giving it the dice masters players second rounds up pairings ready you know all that kind of thing that's just putting it into the into the air yeah in, into the dialogue that's going on around and about uh, because it just helps promote the game helps make it um you know publicize it helps get it involved in some some areas of gaming outside of the kind of hardcore niche of Dice Masters people. And so yeah, there's 100%. certainly that element to it all. Yeah. You get the little lurkery man that kind of stands behind you and looks over your shoulder. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, what are you playing? What are you playing? It's Dice Masters. Hey. Oh, yeah. Cool. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> the lurkery folks. But it's true, though, isn't it? It's true. It gets it. Uh, a, a little bit of uh, free publicity, or, or not necessarily free, but you know what I mean—a bit of yeah, publicity to, to the kind of target audience. Yes, yeah, bit of amplification, and uh, we we certainly know we were again in the previous recording, which was uh, I'm already certain was better than, <laughs> better than the second attempt, but we were talking about things like uh, I felt like we there was a big card fight vanguard event going on around us although i still haven't been away uh, i don't know if that's correct is that correct is that folks is that a game is that a thing i certainly feel like it was it is i googled it you checked it for me yeah because <laughs> i felt like i'd heard that being called out and uh, i knew it was a sort of japanese collectible card game kind of thing going on which i think card fight vanguard is um and these folks were around and stuff, so that was there. And we we knew that X Wing was going on on the day. Yeah, you and I were observing their streaming setup with some envious green eyes. Yeah, it's like a full on scaffold. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was, uh, yeah, quite exciting. Although it didn't look, I mean, the cameras in it were just straight over C nine twenties, so it can't be that hard to do. I just wonder if the convention. Ah. Wi-Fi is strong enough to handle it. Um, so all, all of that kind of good stuff going on. So I, I'm wondering, um, and I'm taking an educated guess, making some educated speculation, that the motivation to move Worlds to Gen Con is for a similar reason. Yeah, to get the name out there. Also, yeah. you're talking about numbers. 
Oh, yes, I did mention that, didn't I? So, uh, I, well, I think yeah, back I to... Thank you, yeah. I think back to the coverage of the Gen Con event that uh, our man on the ground in North America, Andy America, otherwise known as Andy May, did for us, which it was great coverage, by the way, folks. And if you've not heard it already, then definitely go back and listen to it. It was wonderful to um, hear all those uh, that, that kind of di- diverse range of players, old and new. Um, one of the observations that we made was that there was a couple of sort of part-time, semi-retired folk who sort of uh, casuals uh, taking a, a bit of an interest in the game. But they were drafting mostly at Gen Con last year. And I, mm. I did... What's up? No, no, no. I was doing a verbal agreement. Oh, okay. I thought you were laughing at my ability to almost word for word. Word for word say what you already have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. I appreciate it. Yeah. I've got to have some talents in this world. Well, I repeat myself that much, so it's quite easy to do. <laughs> Star Wars X-Wing is a good game, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, I don't agree. <laughs> There's just three things in there that you don't like about it. There is three things. First... <laughs> <laughs> fantasy flight games second, second one fantasy flight games <laughs> see now we're just having fun with ourselves because we know what yeah. we said in the last <laughs> recording and the audience don't and bless you all folks i'm sure you can fill in the gaps there i'm quite certain i've had a good whinge about fantasy flight games on the podcast before so some folks will know how i feel about that particular company but uh oh my game of friends cards were useless <laughs> no but it's so much more than that it's so much more than that they are there's something uh, cynical plus like their obsession with tokens little cardboard tokens everywhere i could fill swimming pools with you can't the game doesn't operate unless you've got buckets of tokens to indicate all different things all over the game all the time it's fiddly they make fiddly games it annoys me setup takes three times as long as the actual gameplay of the game itself and what you need this this tourney dial that you have to turn once a turn to a different number and then what you do is you take a token out of bucket three and place it on card seven but then if you do that you've got to take a token out of bucket a and place it on card one uh but then you've got to flip over the nighttime token and make it daytime and what that means is that you don't use bucket one through four of tokens you use bucket five through seven of tokens which you which are indicated by the slightly lighter color (laughs) than the ones in the other bucket um but in order to determine how many tokens you take out of the bucket you must roll two of these dice and seven of these dice and they're all different color and mate you're moaning about fiddly games you're on a dice masters podcast yeah i don't think that yeah but i don't think dice masters is fiddly by comparison maybe not by by comparison but it's certainly fiddly mm, i'm not sure i entirely agree with that um, but we'll open that one up to debate with the uh, uh, the <laughs> wider back. audience Next episode, yeah. is it fiddly? <laughs> <laughs> is, is it, it's not like Fantasy Flight Games, though. Although they're not the only company that's guilty of that. But I do find this sort of token and dice, and, um, but these tokens are for this and these tokens are for that. And don't forget your tracker. You need your tracker out and your board and your dial and your flippy card and your, your bits box for a bazillion pieces of bits that take six hours to punch out. And I'm like, well, I can see where the money's going. I'm not sure it's into the gameplay. Anyway, Gencom. <laughs> anyway, Gencom. So I'm just wondering if they've looked at the numbers and said, well, you know, we had this many people attend Nats and Worlds at Memphis last year. Who are, let's 
call it out for what it is the the hardcore you know central niche community around the game but at gen con there were like i say retired semi-retired players who float in and out some casuals some lucky lose some people asking for demos the kitchen table folks came and had a go at a draft because they wanted to get their hands on a draft pack you know all that kind of stuff going on that meant that there's a, a wider potential audience or if not bigger in numbers certainly a more diverse selection of individuals that they could get involved to play Yep, I agree. That could be the reason. Although, <laughs> say a constructed event up is is a different kettle of fish. Um, sure, I agree. And there is an argument to say that why not have nationals at Gen Con and Worlds at Memphis? Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Armand Troy from the Dice Coalition threw that one up up into the conversation yeah. on Discord to say, well, look, you know, why, why couldn't we split it or whatever? And there is some concern as well that. Uh, on the flip side of that is that there'll be people who are there who are currently going to go because they're going because it's Gen Con and they're just broadly board game fans or whatever. So yeah. it's now going to be cutting into their floor time in the exhibition. Um, Gen Con's quite strict about booking your demos and stuff as well. So it'll affect your ability to do that because you can't commit to times because you don't know how many rounds it's going to be or, you know, if you do get into a cut or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so you could end up paying for other tickets that you don't end up using. And then also folks who only want to get involved in Dice Masters have now got to foot the bill for all the additional convention expense on top. I heard that uh, it was due to the people of Graceland uh, taking offence to Laurier turning up in a sequin jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were very clear. Actually, they were very clear in <laughs> in the event paperwork in the in the pre-event information that you were not to Elvis it up. So, you know, ruined it for everyone. Absolutely, Laurier. For God, I mean, honestly, man, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Bravo quiff wig, <laughs> sequin jumpsuit. <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Yeah, Never man. mind. And now everyone's got to go to Gen Con, Laurier. Come on. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Our current world champion ruined it for you all. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wonder if there's an element of that. But then I can also see why some are disappointed. You know, I think there is some benefit to having something that's a little bit more um, focused and celebratory. And therefore, you know, I joke about the hardcore niche community, but. Memphis is a little bit more about the hardcore, you know, a thank you and a and a um, a more celebratory kind of event for the folks yeah. who do who do stick with the game, who are loyal, who are um, energized about it and active. So there's that side of things too, for sure. Yeah, it's like undiluted dice masters for three days. There's nothing else to uh, other than I suppose hero clicks and this new onslaught game, um, <laughs> which uh, is all the rage yeah. apparently. It's all the rage. Um, yeah, it's, it's not got. It's, it's, the distractions of Gen Con are going to be many and varied. Um, yes. Like, I'd love to go one year, not necessarily to play Dice Masters, just but to take in like all the other stuff. You imagine UK Games Expo, how much stuff's there, and then you make it American. Jeepers yeah, creepers. double it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that is certainly an aspect of it all. Um, that can't be overlooked. And so I can understand some disappointment. 
yeah it's um it's a funny one it's a funny one it's mm. weird but uh, what as always very typical sort of whiz kids behavior leaving it last minute to get word out around this type of stuff which is obviously having an impact and then when they do get the word out there's like a strange tone of ambiguity to it all and this sort of shrouded in mystery element which always boggles me i just say hey the numbers at graceland last uh, not uh, graceland were not good enough but the numbers at gen con were all right so we'll throw it on for you but we'll throw it on for you at gen con instead you know we might not like what we're in but at least we'll understand it <laughs> Shh, it's a secret. <laughs> yeah, shh, we made this decision, but you're not allowed to know why. <laughs> but Gen- give us your money anyway. <laughs> yeah, we'll be at Gen Con. But, you know, we'll let you know nearer the time. Yeah. Okay. Don't ask me while we're there. Don't ask me while you're there. Don't be pecking your T.O.'s head about. <laughs> and if you see a Whiskey's rep, don't ask him. <laughs> yeah it's funny that so there's that there's that element to it all as well that kind of weird secret squirreling around stuff that i always find a little questionable yeah the mystery yeah. and the suspense of it all <laughs> yeah that is such a letdown when, when you do finally get the answer like why are you being so secretive about that that's just like a thing that nobody cares <laughs> about thing yeah that's just a thing loads of companies do that it's just a thing we all know it (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah we thought we'd make more money there than we would over there all right fair enough (laughs) yeah don't suit me but you are a business (laughs) do you know what i mean it's like i don't know i don't know Uh, but i can see also some you know there's a silver lining to all this because i think the gen con thing may well be better, especially right now with the Secret Wars, the kind of new look, new feel, new set thing going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Hopefully it will catch some eyes. I, I did joke in our previous recording, folks, that what WizKids should do is they should give every player at Gen Con competing in the event a complimentary Crystal Twister Dice Tower. You did, didn't you? I did, yeah. That, that draws people in with the sound. Yeah, and get the lucky lose coming over. What's that? What's that? Beautiful noise of dice tumbling through a cascading... Yeah, which is the only thing a crystal twister is good for because it's not actually any good for rolling your dice. Because it'll be fun. Right. You, you get the lovely tickety uh, uh, tick sound, and the, but then you get that banging where people are knocking their dice through that's got stuck. You know, <laughs> trying to knock the dice out of the trap. <laughs> yeah, and you won't have to worry about taking it home with you because it'll be broken by the end of Gen Con. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The. All your little flappy clickety clackety bits will have fallen loose. <laughs> Crystal Twister. Never <laughs> something promised so much and delivered so little. We really are. I know that uh, we were joking a couple of episodes back about the fact that we are basically just what several repeated jokes <laughs> that have been, <laughs> been recorded on podcasts for years. And uh, there's nice another bag. one. Oof, I love it when you back burn. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more a stream than a podcast. <laughs> a little known fact about our stream. It's been going on for... <laughs> you, you ain't done a little known fact for no, the donkeys. I, I have. I've dialed them back a bit, if I'm being honest. That was an active decision to dial them back. Oh, you shouldn't. They were good. 
No, well, so the thing is, right, so in all seriousness, little known fact for the listeners, uh, obviously because of Andy's involvement in some of the other things that he's involved in, uh, which we've spoken about uh, over over the years, um, he's got a number of managers and uh, business interests that run his affairs, and a few of them have been in touch, mate. I wasn't really supposed to tell you, but they've they've been in touch with me and said, look, you've got to stop talking about some of this stuff so publicly because it's causing us a bit of a publicity issue. Um, Apparently, the UFC, they're not very keen on you like sharing some of your more nerdy interests as actively as you are that's gonna ruin my cred yeah there's like a kind of tough tough sort of macho i think UFC cred's it. probably ruined my cred <laughs> <That's pretty fair>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah some of, a couple, some of your management over on the wwe and the ufc side got in touch and said can you dial yeah. it back we don't want people to make the connection um, to his more nerdy okay. interests it's affecting his macho image so yeah my seamstressing yeah I, well absolutely yeah so i had to kind of dial it back a bit mate it had to oh, be an active decision okay. yeah for you i've done it for you to protect you i appreciate it yeah it was done out of love it's not not uh um you know not because i ran out of ideas <laughs> <laughs> well what are we talking what are we talking about now jenkon Although I think we've run out of steam anyway. Is there anything more to say on this subject? Uh, I wasn't planning on going to either, so meh. <laughs> well, go. yeah, I mean, there's that element for sure, yeah. The, it's, it, the news has sort of washed over me and not affected me at all because I've been like, well, yeah, it's highly unlikely. And and those well, dates in August uh, are even less likely for me to be able to make them than the ones in September were, and they were already tricky. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Russia, that's a good place. We did that joke before. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That'd be a good place to hold the weights in the middle. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, let's wrap up Gen Con and Worlds then uh, and move on to our next segment. Um, unless you've got any final thoughts to chuck in the mix there. No, I think we covered everything. Let's talk about Secret War. Yes, okay then, folks. So, as you'll all know, we've got a new set in hand. It's been out for a few weeks, a fair few weeks now, and uh, we're just going to continue our coverage and our exploration of the new set. We've been doing lots of different things to kind of engage with the new Secret Wars set. But one thing we like to talk about and have a little cast a little eye over when a new set comes out is some of the kind of key components, some of the key functional components for building teams. And I'm quite certain we've done segments before where we've talked about the ramp proposition that's been available in a set or another. So it's Secret Wars' turn now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Rampy ramp. Mm. Well, the long and the short of it is, upon instinct and initial inspection... Makes me think it's not so great for ramp. <laughs> no. No, I'm tending to agree with you. But then sets in general don't seem to have a lot of great ramp options. There might be like one or two per set, but it's hardly like littered. The set's hardly littered with options of how to get your dice through quicker and Yes, yeah. And as we've said before, we've you know, we've talked about this idea before when we've we've looked over ramp solutions in previous new releases is that uh, I, I suppose that conversation that we've had in the past around you know professor x was really explosive like this crazy ramp that just changed everything overnight in terms of how you could ramp and what the scope of ramp could do and then when that yeah. passed along and moved moved out of the 
into the distant memory. We had then janky ramp, funky ramp like Clayface and uh, Creed Captain stuff and Ring of Winters, and you know it was a bit more kind of. Uh, don't know what the word is. What's the different distinction there? I, we gave it a name last time we talked about this, but I can't remember what that name was. Oh, I can't remember either. We definitely talked about PhD being explosive. I remember explosive. that. Explosive. Yeah. I mean, there's been things like Swarm and the <clears throat> new Swarm, which is called Recruit, not Recruit. Oh, the <laughs> thing. Come, go on. What? We'll Make wait. Guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> It's rush, <laughs> rush. That's it. Not recruit rush. But, I mean, those those are options. And rush has actually turned out to be quite good in the right team, um, with the right kind of choices of, of energy on the cards. Well, especially swarm. since they've ruled it differently. Yeah, and and swarm has done its thing, um, and it does it solidly. It, it's I wouldn't call it explosive. There's ways around it, but um, you know it does give you that option. But I've not seen a swarm car for blinking ages. Uh, I think maybe Kang, the three cost Kang from Infinity Gauntlet might have been Ooh. the last one. Yeah, not like a good two cost or you know the old one cost Kobold. <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved my Chewingers back in the day. Oh yeah, the Chewingers, they were amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there is some weird and wonderful stuff in here as far as Ram's concerned as well that I noticed. Um, some that. Now that I'm focusing on them a little bit more, it's maybe gone, hmm, I wonder if there's something there. So Corvus Glaive, the rare Corvus Glaive, Brutal Warrior, That's uh, I wanted to talk about this one, if I may. Three cost fist, and it says, at the end of your turn, if four or more opposing character dice were KO'd, roll two dice from your bag and prep three dice. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like... Here's a bit of energy for your opponent's turn. <laughs> and here's a bit of energy for your next go as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But four opposing character dice. KOing four. It just seems so, like, I don't know. It's quite excessive. Although, I mean, we've not really fully explored the ping bonanza that is Secret Wars <laughs> yet. Because there are so many cards that do... Uh, two damage, one damage, two character dice. Um, there's a, there's a. Which one's the venerable dreadnought um, replacement? Is it like uh, Brainiac from Superman Crusade Crisis? Yeah, or you've got like the the pumped up version with uh, Shazam. Yes, yeah, so you've got you've got some like a fair amount of range involved. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's as inconceivable as you first think from uh, other sets because there is quite a lot of ways to remove in this set. Yeah, especially when you've got cards like uh, uh, Namor, you know, the instant war on legs, game effects, and of course, instant war itself, uh, the basic action, making a return where you could force psychics into your opponent's field, Batman Global that can force psychics into your opponent's field, Falcon Global that can force psychics into your opponent's field. So it might not be that as out the realms of possibility, but when I um, was looking, so in preparation for this segment, I just searched up the words prep, the words roll, you know, that type of thing. And it stood out to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of read it when we did the unboxing, sort of put it in the binder. <laughs> I thought, nah, I can't see me ever using that. But now upon reflection, I sort of want to make a janky team where I'm rolling dice from a bag and prepping three like a maniac every turn for KOing your your characters. <laughs> I mean, he can't win you the game, of course. 
<laughs> but you'll always have energy to roll. Yeah. <laughs> buy your big things and then yeah. draw them at the end of your turn and not be able to uh, field them. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, there's something like a bit weird and janky about that one that I'm sort of intrigued by now upon closer inspection. I wonder if there's something that could be done there for sure. Uh, so that was one that stood out to me. And then another one that stood out to me, rampy wise, is Groot I Am Thor. A rare again, which I know you wanted to talk about this. Uh, five cost shield. When fielded, deal one damage to every character die. Prep a die from your bag if any character die are KO'd by this damage, which is actually a reprint. That exists on, I want to say, a Ragnarok. Okay. Or a Thor, maybe, from the Mighty Thor set. Let me just uh, do a quick... It's certainly... Um, I mean, it would work well with the uh, the Corvus Glaive that we just spoke about, because if, if there's loads of psychics out, you'd be doing one damage to every character die, knocking them out, so then you'd prep a die from your bag if any characters go... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so prep three with Corvus Glaive and then prep however many with Groot. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a Thor. Oh, the Ragnarok. Okay, the Ragnarok dealt damage for each character that was KO'd, looking at it. Uh, so I had Groot isn't prepping a die for each character. It's prep a die if any character dies are KO'd. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. So that's a good point. One. Uh, a blanket shot of one damage across the board, though, to back up your Corvus Glaive's not the worst thing. No. <laughs> so we've got a ramp solution, folks. You need to buy yourself a three cost and a five cost. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to put some sidekick making globals for your opponent in the mix as well. There you go. Solve the metaphor for you. <laughs> yeah, and they're both rares, so uh, you might need to buy a, a few countertop displays to, uh, to actually get them. <laughs> um, that's one thing that I noticed just when we were having a look at this list uh, that we um, that Chris created uh, is that a lot of the the cards that you know prep or roll uh, dice are rares, rares, a couple of super rares. Mm. Uh, th- there's a few options which are common or uncommon, uh, but there's a lot of yellow and red on the screen in front of me, uh, which. Um, could be problematic if they you know if, if one turns out to be a particular uh, beast yeah well the, the super rares are particularly interesting because i don't i don't know if you've sort of delved into the detail there but it's star lord and mr fantastic and these are both very affiliation specific ramp solutions so star lord is team watch deal two damage to target character die and prep a die from your bag and Mr. Fantastic is, when fielded, roll a die from your bag for each active Fantastic Four character dice. So the Super Rares are interesting because if you pull them, they're useful. You could use them in a theme team and brew around them as a ramp solution. That Star-Lord actually is quite intriguing for a Guardians team. Mm, definitely. Team Watch, deal two damage target character die and prep a die from your bag. With their, ooh, oh, I've just had an idea for that one. Remember that Cosmo I used to like using that KO'd himself? Oh, uh, yeah. What was that one? Cosmo Space Dog. I'm in the team builder again, folks. Yeah, when fielded, you may KO Cosmo Space Dog. If you do, prevent all damage dealt to your other Guardians of the Galaxy dice this turn. Yeah, well, obviously, we know why I liked using that one then. 
<laughs> nice bit of control. But that would mean you'd have a constant character that you're fielding, KOing, refielding, KOing to deal the team watch every turn. Yeah. If you had a few, a, a few kind of small Guardians characters, that could be a, a fair whack of damage going out of there and a fair few preps. Yeah. Get, uh, get the Rocket Raccoon that does the shooting that you like to do, the when fielded. Yeah damagey one and stuff yeah so but it's interesting that those super rares are quite specific to a certain mm. casual archetype set of casual archetypes because you wouldn't ever really consider that star lord for anything other than like a golden single affiliation situation would you particularly um no. i can't see any well i mean you could go through round the houses and give him expert affiliation with radicalization or something and do it when you field an x-men but i feel like that's perhaps a bridge too far to pull yeah. off a single dice prep and a bit of ping that you could probably do with like a beast and another fist character same again with the mr fantastic when fielded roll a die from your bag for each of your active fantastic four character dice um very specific to the you know the single affiliation archetype so yeah they're they, they are interesting but there are a lot of rares in there but some of it is just really standard tried and tested and true stuff like the thing and wolverine have got the pay a fist once per turn prep a die stuff there's the presence of the usual sort of when fielded prep a die from your bag and you're like well no never using that not on a five cost character or <laughs> whatever it is <laughs> yeah. which is which is that one uh I'm just scanning to see which which one that is. Oh, Captain Marvel, Team Watch, roll the die from your prep area and re-roll target opposing character die. No, that one's quite good. That's quite janky, that. It's not too bad. Again, though, quite specific to uh, sort of that casual, themey, play-for-fun construction, right? I've built an Avengers team. It's golden affiliation stuff. Thrown her on an Avengers team, unless she's quite steep at a five for what she does. But the re-roll of target opposing character is quite sweet, isn't it? Yeah. So that, so that wasn't it. Oh, uh, here it is. It's Thor of Higher Avalon. When fielded, roll the die from your bag. Amazing. Ta. Four cost. Four cost. <laughs> yeah. It's similar to the... Uh, there's also a Spider-Man, which has got a team watch. Prep a die from your bag. Slight... Well, he's Avengers and Spider-Friends. Uh, so, again, it depends if you've got any other Avengers or Spider-Friends characters on your team. But um, mm, for four cost... Not sure I'm particularly enamoured by it. Yeah, but I suppose if you pull it in a draft, that one, at least there's a more likelihood that you'll get a bit of extra prep from that Spider-Man in this set. The Star-Lord is the only Guardians of the Galaxy character in set. So you'd be like, get excited. Oh, I pulled a super rare! <laughs> in your draft, you know what I mean? Oh, it's Star-Lord. I can't make any use of it in my team at all. <laughs> at least Mr. Fantastic if you pull that super rare in a draft you're like oh yeah right well I'll yeah. draft Fantastic 4 then <laughs> yeah um, so it's interesting the Guardians of the Galaxy though as an affiliation is not one that particularly needed a great deal of help um, with with ramp um, no it's quite synergistic when it comes to ramp um, it was more the other side of the coin the, the removal and the win condition that it might have helped, needed a bit of help with yeah, well, the the issue with Guardians of the Galaxy was always that stuff like Yondu, he, he was like when fielded or when KO'd his two damage-dealing effects, weren't they? And, it, mm. and they were great, but once you got him out, like, well, I've got no tools to now recycle him or I'm relying on my opponent to kill him for me now. Um, just while we're on the subject of the super rares and affiliation-based one, the, the other super rare is uh, Molecule Man, Cheeseburger Eater, and he's a discounter for Spider-Friends affiliation. 
so it makes them one less to field and one less to purchase. Okay. Yeah. Which again is the same as Mister Fantastic and Star Lord, just very kind of uh, a specific sort of casual archetype specific uh, space that that exists in. Um, which is interesting. Then there's yeah, there's stuff like uh, Black Panther. It's got Energize, where you can roll from your bag, or when fielded, roll a die from your bag. Terax, when fielded, roll two dice from your bag. Which historically, when you're getting into the sort of four, five, or six cost for an extra dice roll or an extra prep. It's not really a space that gets dived into a no. great deal, is it? No, I mean it's it's weird. Like I'd never like your your little characters are the ones that you might be doing some ramp or churn or they're the build up. When you get to the five, six costs, they're the ones that you want to be throwing down your your opponent's throat with not only big stats but you know big game effects. Um, it seems a bit weird to, to kind of get up to a five cost fist with Terax, albeit he's five five six six seven seven. Um, to, he's also to, one two two on his fielding costs. Yeah, to to roll two dice from your bag. Yeah, um, especially when you can pay a fist <coughs> with a global to prep a die from your bag. I suppose a little bit different. You're getting a bit quicker with a roll in it, but I don't know. I've not. Re- I've never really gone into the high cost rampers. Rampers. No, I think the only one. The only one I can think of where I've really invested has been the super rare dart side from the. What was that one in Batman? Was it? Yes. Making these sidekicks, giving uh, so for anyone unfamiliar, the super rare dark side from that set gave sidekicks swarm keyword. It awarded them swarm. So. Yeah, tell you what, pulling them out, you egg. Pull them out of your bag. Pull them out of your bag. Yeah, yeah, it was glorious. Uh, the thing's another example of that, though. There's two. There's two. Two things with the global, but then there's a thing that's a six cost, six cost fist, and it says when fielded, roll three dice in your bag. And you're like, well, by the time I've got to a six cost and fielding him, I'm probably about ready to win the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've probably got I my combo. I've got my super rare Black Panther combo by that point. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He was the sixth one I was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit bit of a strange set. Yeah, 100%. you got the Daily Bugle. Daily Bugle's nice. Four cost, basic action, draw two dice, prep to, uh, or prep up to two of them, roll the remainder so you can either roll them or prep them. Yeah, although that's interesting. Because the other the other ramp card, uh, the investigative journalism for Superman Kryptonite Crisis is a five cost, and I've been using that quite a bit lately, and finding it's been going all right. Yeah, isn't that that's, weird? That's, was it four dice and then prep one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um. So why so why am I less down on or less critical of four and five cost rampy basic actions compared to four or five cost? I suppose it's the the. the uh, it's disproportionate, isn't it? Like Daily Bugle, you pay four, you're drawing two dice, and then you've got some options of what you can do with them. Or investigative journalism, you're drawing, um, was it four, and doing your, doing your do with them. Whereas paying five for a Terax, when fielded, roll two dice from your bag, and then you've got to go through the effort of carrying him and paying the fielding cost again to get the effect. It's not the same, is it? Yeah, exactly. When you've got to pay the fielding cost, and the fact that... He could end up getting locked in your field, like if you know you attack with him, you, you character, your 
opponent chump blocks him, he's not going anywhere. So you then have to take something in order to make sure you can KO him. Well, Dark Phoenix, I suppose, is prevalent, which is cool, but you have to think about it where the your action dice just you know, they they'll just churn. Yeah, they're designed to so, yeah. go round and round and round. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, of course, let's not forget the epic basic action, the Dark Hold. How could we? Mm, pay X life and draw and roll X dice. We need to give that one a go. I, haven't, I don't yeah. know if I've got it. Uh, I'll have a second copy. I've got this whole massive care package building up for you that I need to get down to you. I've got, it's yeah, got a couple of like... fighting fantasy books. and I've still got your origin packs. Like Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a bit like Ultimate Bagburn. <laughs> yeah, I like that the ultimate backburn challenge there it is the ultimate backburn challenge right I said it in in the last episode if anyone out there has got just an epic dark hold if you could orchestrate it to draw up all 19 get 19 dice together and draw them all up <laughs> then I want to know about it <laughs> yeah. yeah it's cool ultimate so, backburn yeah, what, what are we saying about ramp then ramp uh it's all right, I think, in this set. It's not great. It's all right, yeah. I, I just think my my other observation is that there's lots of your ramp is attached to other things in it. So, um, like Proxima Midnight is an example of this. So, when Proxima Midnight deals combat damage to opponent, re-roll that die if it should. No, that's the wrong one. That's not the one I was thinking of. Oh. Don't even know. Don't even know why that one's on the list. Uh, so Pirate Broadcast, here you go, here's an example. So that's got the kind of reprint of the Nefarious Broadcast. Cancel any persistent global ability effects. Neither player may use global abilities until the end of the turn. But then that extra sentence has just been chucked in. Prep a die from your bag. <laughs> you know. And prep a die. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's a three cost instead of a two cost now, but you've got that extra, that extra little bit of something. Um, or group that idea of when you feel that you do one damage to everything. But you get an extra cheeky bit of prep if if something gets killed. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like that extra, just little cheeky top up or um Star Lord's team watch and Captain Marvel's team watch where um you're dealing damage with Star Lord and getting a prep or with Captain Marvel you're rolling a die in, you know, so you got a bit of churn and you re-roll an opposing character die. It's all it's all like it's um, or a proportion of it has got this extra little bit of flavour, a bit of flair, like the prep's just a wee, wee bit of extra stuff. Like a bonus. Yeah, yeah. You're certainly not short of churn. There's definitely ways to really clear out your, your sidekick um, presence in your use pile and your bag with the likes of uh, Falcon, Namor, Instant War, the rare Apocalypse Baron, the one where you can draw psychics out and field them until you're up to four. So it's not short of churn, but I think it's all right. Yeah, I think I, in a draft, I would struggle to be building teams with cards of four cost or higher with the rate of ramp that's available. Yeah, within set, I agree. Yeah, I def- but I, I also haven't seen anything in there that's made me go, ooh, right, there you go. That's that's the clay face of this meta or, you know. No, there's not been that one standout pxg clayface even the yeah. uh mimic from wherever it was from deadpool x-men first class x-men first class yeah uh, that that gives you that uh explosive 
Ramp and churn. <laughs> that's quite caught my eye. That's not to say it's not out there, though, and I'm sure if there is something that is uh, cutting its way through the, uh, uh, the, the meta, uh, you'll let us know, or maybe you won't until after Gen Con. We'll find out. <laughs> True story, yeah. I suspect that Ramp is, is still going to rely very heavily on uh, Mr. Sinister, Dark Phoenix Global. I mean, uh, the the r- relative reprint of the Dark Phoenix Global in this set is uh, A, on a super rare, the Apocalypse Wicked Supremacist, and B, has got a new restriction in it where you can only use it once per turn. Oh, well, why would we even bother? <laughs> why would you even bother, yeah, when you can pluck out a Dark Phoenix from the Dark Phoenix saga set and not have that limitation so yeah so i think i think it's still going to be very focused on things like mr sinister global dark phoenix the discount global thor for your action purchasing i mean your prep globals are always going to have a place so you'll see wolverines and things around i'm sure magnetos and jokers um but yeah i i I don't think i have seen anything in there and that's maybe go ah there it is there's the thing the stuff to tinker around with like if i build a guardians of the galaxy team anytime soon i'd seriously consider star lord as a a ramp plus removal you know dual function option but i'm certainly not going to be rushing to make thor of higher avalon ramp teams (laughs) (laughs) it's not one you're going to build a team around no no so in conclusion yeah i think the super rares are interesting for Casual, specific kind of themey casual play, um, but there's there's nothing else in there. That's, except for the Darkhold, which is more about you know that's about janky achievement unlocked type fun with the game, isn't it? Rather than winning games. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, there you go. Sound right, done. Let's wrap that one up there. Super late over here, folks, because we've had to do a re-record once again. If you're waiting for us to stream, we ain't turning up. <laughs> we've had to stream right record right through our streaming time but uh yeah there you go so uh, get in touch folks you know as always welcome your thoughts your comments your reflections on the impact of secret wars on the meta with regards to ramp uh come and join our discord let us know in there drop us a line on facebook messenger fire us an email to uh, chris at britroll6.com or Andy at BritRoller6.com if you want it not read. And we'll, um, we'll we'll circle back around and share anything that comes in. We'll try. <laughs> right. Let's take it into the outro. <laughs> well, there we go then, folks. As all good things must, this episode of the Ministry of Dice has come to an end. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. And we did. (laughs) And we did twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So not a a lot else to add. Just a quick reminder that the next episode is probably going to be a day or two late to accommodate my UK Games Expo fun and Andy's holiday fun. So sit tight. I'll get it to you. It'll be out in the usual week, but a day or two late to give me some extra editing time sign up to uk games expo drop us a line to chat about ramp or your thoughts and feelings about worlds being at gen Con. and that's it that's it go check out the youtube channel if you've not seen those videos yet yeah check them out yeah 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 that's my input
<laughs> we are both exhausted. It is it is super late over here right now, so we're going to bring the outro to a very quick close. Thank you so very much for listening. It's a pleasure as always. I've been Chris, so known online as True Mister Six, and I've been Andy, aka How Dare You. <laughs> I thought I thought you might have said Sleepy Strange then. Oh, that would have been a good one. I know. See, I've been on. So I've been on fire today with the. You <laughs> Although the previous reference that I made, where I gave you a, 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 a potential alternative joke, will will be in the lost audio. It will be. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sad about that now. Back in the dice bag. Yeah. God, we've back burned there. <laughs> Little known fact for listeners: we recorded this podcast twice. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time, folks. You are incredibly quiet. Am I? Yeah. Oh, well, now you're not. What What did you oh, do different no. then? I put my mouth right up against it. Like well, that's, about that's working it. wonders. Oh, well, you need to keep your mouth exactly there because it takes me forever to edit you up to vaguely match my volume. <laughs> Maybe you should just be a bit quieter. Well, then the, the whole podcast would be quiet and that'd be no good, would it? Welcome to the quiet podcast. <laughs> Sit back, relax to the sounds of smooth jazz. Dice Masters ASMR. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> There's probably <laughs> some money in that. Probably. Rattling dice. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Might be time to dig the crystal twister out, throw a few dice through that on. <laughs> <laughs>